0: I'm Harmony Williams and this is Life Changing Trips. Sometimes it's hard to see the freedom and the beauty that lives behind the weight of everything we carry. But I believe that life is so amazing and I can't waste another moment. I'm so excited to be here with you for another transformational conversation about experiences and the latest research on plant medicine, meditation, breath work, and other unconventional modalities and how they are being used for mental health and expansion. I hope by listening that you will find ways to integrate your peak experiences and epiphanies to open up new levels of possibilities, ingenuity and fulfillment in business and deeper, authentic connection and passion in your relationships and a feeling of purpose, of living fully alive. Welcome so much, Hannah. I am so excited for you to come. I You have such a wealth of knowledge and so... So much to give here. And I'm so grateful for you for coming on.
1: Oh, thank you for inviting me. And just, yeah, I love talking
0: about all of this. So I'm just excited. Okay. So (laughs) this is Hannah Barton and she and Darcy, what's Darcy's last name? It's Barton. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Perfect. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is Hannah Barton, and she and Darcy Barton work together, partner together. And she's being the voice today, because uh, Darcy's lost hers, basically, right? (laughs) 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 But we'll have them both on sometime. But they are mind body integration coaches. And they're also psychedelic informed practitioners, which is really awesome to have somebody who knows and you can explain, I'll have you explain more about this. But I think if I'm talking to my life coach or my therapist, I really don't want to be worried about, they don't understand this, they're going to think I'm crazy. Like I don't, you know, all of this, how to integrate this into my life and to really raise my spirituality or my, who I am, my authenticity, I'm trying to think of the right words, just become a better person from it. And use that use these experiences to up level myself, right. But I want someone who understands someone who gets it. And mm-hmm. I think by the end of the call, they'll realize you get it. So <laughs> um, tell me just a little bit about what you guys do and how that looks. Yeah, absolutely. And yourself, goodness. Tell us a little about yourself. Oh yeah, like I guess I could
1: start kind of like with my story in in the whole world of you know life changing trips. You know, that would be um, awesome. I I've been in this space for about ten, ten years. My wife Darcy introduced me into you know, the world of mind altering substances and expansive experiences and all of that. And, you know, she's been in the space for 20 years, like in a lot of her journey, maybe next time if she comes on here, she can share, you know, started with going to festivals and, and more of the partying and stuff that a lot of us, you know, are familiar with. And so we both grew up Mormon, We both grew up in Utah, and we live in Austin, Texas now. And oddly enough, like we grew up in the same town, all of that type of stuff. So we have a lot of the same upbringing and cultural considerations and constructs. And so, you know, by the time, you know, 20 years after, like we knew each other in high school, we're getting together, like we're a lot more informed on who we are. But of course, we have a whole lifetime of, you know, issues and traumas and, things to heal from and as she was introducing me into this space there was always like with safety she would always answer so many questions I'm a deep diver like she's more of a feeler like hey this feels right I'm going to do this whereas I'm like okay this is a really cool experience I need to know like what it's doing to my body what I need to be concerned about type of things because if this is something that I want to continue doing to heal and up level and and address things you know, I have, I have kids, I have a family. I want to make sure that I'm not frying my brain,
0: so to speak. Right. Yeah. Um, those eggs, those eggs in the frying yes, pan.
1: We, we've all seen that like their after school <laughs> special, but that's, you know, as a kid of like the eighties, nineties, that's what was coming up for me. And I'm like, okay, aren't these bad? Aren't these, you know, but after having one or two experiences and realizing like how many epiphanies I was having and just limiting beliefs I was shedding, not even really going into those experiences, looking for that, I was just open. I was just Mm -hmm. like, okay, my I'm just open to what happens and I trust you and this. And then just to see the evolution of our relationship evolve and change and communication was easier. And when sticky stuff did come up, it was easier to address those things. And a lot of that was because of these expanded spaces with these like master teachers that we had worked through in there. And then it was showing up in our everyday life. And so it was just, it was just a cool thing to be like, okay, I really feel like I'm part of this power couple because we're tackling things. And then slowly you start to facilitate or share with your friends and then their friends. And then people are talking to you about, you know, hey, are you guys having a party, a journey or whatever? And more and more, we were just really loving how we showed up what we call in space in the experience and then seeing the transformational benefits of that with our friends and things like that. And there was one time after a really powerful weekend that her and I were just like, wouldn't it be cool if we could do this and have this as a business and like support ourselves this way? We're both body workers and we have a wellness company and just seeing the change of what body work can do for people, but then what being in these expanded spaces can do for people and how can we bring the two together? Because of course body stuff comes up when you're in the space, like it just, it was all just coming together. And shortly after that, I want to say it was a few weeks after that on a podcast, I was listening to a couple was being interviewed and they were talking about this program that we're now master coaches in of being psychedelic informed practitioners. And I was like, what, this is something we could totally do. And so she, I sent it to her and we both kind of at the same time, the same things. And they were doing a training here in Austin. They're actually based out of Austin and it was like, what are the odds that it's in our backyard? And so 18 months later, we've been through their whole training. We're master coaches. And then just utilizing a lot of their tools with clients that we work with has
0: just been awesome. So cool. Okay. I have a couple of questions that brought up. Yes. Yes. So as you're researching and you're kind of digging in like, what are the long-term effects? What are the issues? Mm-hmm. What are the problems? So what what type of things did you learn about that as far as, I know there's different classes. Like, I mean, if we're talking psychedelics alone, you're Mm -hmm. looking at the difference between MDMA and psilocybin and mescaline and San Pedro. And there's all these different things. So there's a lot of differences. And we could just talk about, I mean, I have not tried a lot of these things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know you always talk about, and I have a huge disclaimer, do these in a safe and legal place, right? You're wanting to really stress that to the people. But as far as when you researched into it, and as far as the research, I think I'm pretty good to say I researched MDMA, whether, Mm -hmm. you know, whether I've tried that or not. And it had a few more precautionary things Mm -hmm. than psilocybin when I was researching it. Right. Psilocybin. I mean, what maybe are you willing to talk about some of those things? Oh, absolutely. Um, Yeah. There's
1: And it's, it's kind of the buzz. It's in the news now. People can Google psilocybin research studies, MDMA-assisted psychotherapy, all of, all of the work in legalizing a lot of these substances and chemicals and different things. It's been happening for the last 15, 20 years. There's documentaries out there. There's so much information out there now. Mm-hmm. And while that's all been going on the research, there's still been people facilitating underground. A lot of people will go to Peru or go to Columbia to do ayahuasca. And things like that. And so when I first started researching, you know, here it's 10 years ago, I was looking more at because I knew I knew the legality of things. I was more looking at safety. I was more looking at what what is what is actually happening in my body to elicit these experiences and what can I do to support that? And so I started really diving into like supplement protocols. A lot of people are talking about microdosing right now. Like you can follow the Fatiman protocol, the stamen stack, like there's all these different protocols and things that are out there that are researched, that somebody that does have that more deep diver personality like me, that stuff is out there and it's amazing. And so that, but like 10 years ago, it was a little bit harder to find. And so a lot of it was just me wanting to know what are supplements that I can take before to prepare me, during to help ease my body into it. And then after, so that recovery is a consideration because a lot of times when people are going to be in these spaces where their serotonin and everything is being released, they'll go through a drop after because now their body has to make up, and so
0: um, that can that be a with big cons- MDMA in particular, yes. yeah, yeah, that people can have a, a kind of like a crash because I think that one dumps your serotonin, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, so it's different. It releases, yeah,
1: it releases a lot of it, and that's what yeah, creates that heart opening, like euphoric feeling, and if you're in this amazing, like really high loving life, loving people's space. And then the next few days, you're kind of recovering from that, but you're not expecting that. That can be very dysregulating to your body, to your nervous system, even to your family or or your community, because you're not aware of what's happening. And so the integration through it is a lot harder.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a lot on that. And, Mm -hmm. and that's really, I mean, if someone's even doing this in a safe and legal way or part Mm -hmm. of the safety, you know, even if you're doing it in a legal place, would be getting informed on that. So you Mm -hmm. have time if you're going to have a low, if you might have a low period for a few days after, you're not just like jumping right back into family and life and work and kids and you know what I mean? And having to turn in on
1: Sunday and then going to work on Monday. Right. (laughs) There's
0: lots of things for people to consider. And so I think that's why people want and need the integration beforehand. And yes. I don't know if you call integration like the prep work beforehand or the coaching beforehand.
1: Yeah, you- for us, we we have like, it's like a four step process. So the first and, and we call it the four ins, And the first one is intake. So just like when you go to a doctor, or you go and get a massage or anything, you're going to usually fill out some type of form that's asking questions. And the whole point of the intake is to Collect data, get information to kind of stir the pot so that your facilitator or space holder or whoever is supporting you through that experience or even yourself, if you're guiding it yourself, it's considerations. And our intake form is pretty extensive because we want to stir the pot. We, I mean, it starts with stuff like what's your given name? Do you like your given name? How do you feel about it? Some people have trauma around their, their given name. If it's Hannah and as a kid, I got yelled at and yelled, you know, or a hit or something. Mm-hmm. And maybe I don't like my given name and I have a nickname I'd prefer. But people, when they fill out intake forms or any type of official form, they usually put their full legal name. And in an expanded space, if that's a trigger for you, I want to know about that. We ask stuff about surgeries, about history, about we have people do their ACE score from childhood experiences. And this is all just information for us. And we go over it. We go over it with them because it's a lot of people will go into these spaces without an intention or they're just like, I just want to see what it's like. Or maybe they do have something they want to heal within themselves, but there's lots of other layers on top of it. And so by part of being psychedelic informed is recognizing instead of, oh, what if this happens? And what if that happens? We change it to what happens when? What happens when this comes up in a space? What happens when you're integrating and you you had this epiphany and then something, you know, your husband or kid or something triggers something in you? Let's, let's come up with strategies to address that because in space we've learned like maybe why this is happening or what causes it. And so that intake form... And process is really important. Even medications that you're on, there are a lot of medications that are contraindicated for certain substances. And so knowing what those are and like what your clients or people are on, it can be really important to really avoid harm is what a lot of the intake process is. And then our second process is intention. And so now we've gathered all this information and you can help to actually hone in on an intention for what this journey is or what this you know microdosing protocol is if you're somebody who is, let's say that you, you have kind of a short fuse with your kids or something, Mm -hmm. and you're using microdosing to, and you want to use that to address that. I just um, had someone
0: ask and talk to me about that the other day. So I've noticed that I've been really short with my kids lately and I used to not be so short and they're just these wonderful kids. And here Mm -hmm. they come and they're like, mom, mom. And I'm like, what? And they're like, I just wanted to give you a hug before you left, you know? And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) But, yeah. And and I think people are seeing, oh, okay, maybe microdosing, I don't need to be on SSRIs or something like that. Mm-hmm. I could I could try this microdosing and let it just open my heart a little and be able to connect with my kids or my spouse or something like that.
1: Oh, absolutely. And that I mean, that's the power of intention because how if you've not set an intention, how do you know that you're whatever journey you're on or whatever, if you've actually accomplished, like we, we say with intention, what do you want to know, do, be, or understand? Mm-hmm. What is something you want to know about yourself? What is something you want to shift and be? Is there something you're not doing? A lot of physical fitness or weight, you know, eating and things like that. Like maybe that's something you want to shift, but you need to get clear on it because if you're not clear it it kind of can everything can kind of go in so many different directions and that can bring up more trauma or more dysregulation or something like that and so with intention and if you're working with a facilitator or space holder and they're they know your intention throughout the experience they can help you bring you back to your intention or ask you if your intention has changed because sometimes you know we never know what our mind what our psyche is going to do in these spaces and so having somebody who is kind of on your team and knows like, Hey, this is why you're here. Let me bring you back to your intention.
0: That can be really powerful. So I I interrupted you, you were talking about maybe you have a, you're wanting to do a microdosing protocol for Mm -hmm. being short with your children Mm -hmm. or something like that, or, you know, whatever the reasons are many, many reasons. Right. And then you're assisting them on just the more coaching part. Mm -hmm. I kind of sidetracked you there. I don't know if I let you finish your sentence.
1: Oh, it's, it's, I think knowing with the intention, like with microdosing specifically and working with clients, it's not just, this is my intention. It, we work through it. It's an actual like journaling process with it. But in the very beginning, you're setting your intention and it's like, what are three things within that that you want to address and how will you know that you have accomplished that? And so before you even start, you're filling into your body of like, okay, like I know I'm short with my kids. What I would like to be is maybe lean more into like a gentle approach or we call it the three P's. It's pause, pull back and do a physical scan. And so like when your kid comes to you and you feel that trigger, that like irritability, it's like, okay, pause, pull back, take a deep breath. Where are you feeling this in your body? And that's that's a little bit more specific to us because we do work with the body a lot as body workers. And then throughout the process of microdosing, if you're using like our journaling system, it's a lot of, you know, every day you're tracking things and you're, it's questions that you're responding to. And you, it'll start to show you a lot because here you've set this specific intention about that. And as you're working through the journaling, you're noticing like, oh, on the days that I don't eat breakfast, I am a lot more short with my kid. Mm-hmm. Or on the days where I, you know, have back-to-back-to-back meetings and then I'm running errands and it just kind of illuminates a lot of what's going on that maybe you're, uh, because you're just in the zone with it, you don't recognize that there could be some similarities that mm-hmm. are bringing that up. And with with microdosing, you know, depending on what protocols and stuff that you follow, can just really help bring awareness to that. But had you never set that intention and you're just like, oh, I'm just going to take these and see what happens, it's less focused on you know that specific thing which has its benefits too. like an intention to not have an intention and just being open
0: yeah that's an intention noticing (laughs) noticing what's going on yeah what you said that's so true I noticed that too in that you don't really your programs you don't need to be microdosing you don't need to have just gotten back from a ayahuasca in Peru Mm -hmm. or anything like that this alone on its own the awareness you bring and I Mm -hmm. I really would love. We'll meet up sometime and do some body work because I am. I've heard you guys are amazing, <laughs> and that whole thing sounds incredible to integrate it all together. But mm-hmm. as far as just the coaching that you do, mm-hmm. and this journaling, and this process of being intentional, and have some someone to come and help you out, and report to, and help you solve those little problems you can't figure out. That process alone, without any medicines, mm-hmm. is invaluable, amazing. Oh. And I found the same thing when I'm figuring out why am I being so short with my kids? Like I love them and I've been, I've Mm -hmm. been, I know I'm not always like that. You know, what's going on? Is it my hormones? Is it whatever? And then it's like, oh, I'm trying to pack my day way too full. And so I'm yelling at them because they're not fast enough. And any, you know, like anytime I try and do that with my kids, and I'm in a hurry, and I'm going to be late somewhere, it causes problems. And then they melt down. And anyway, but just noticing those things and having there's something there's something about having a coach. I mean, you can do it. And I know you guys have free journals or things like mm-hmm. that 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 people can just do right and Absolutely. if they don't have the money then there's so many free options and free podcasts all of this is free everything you're giving us here is free and the journaling alone but having that coach i swear by it
1: <laughs> we all we all have that journey right some of us are motivated by internal accountability some external accountability some people will fill out our intake form and it mm-hmm. digs enough stuff up and stirs the pot enough that they're just like i have everything i need i don't need to work with you guys like this uh-huh. has answered my questions because they just we've never slowed down and stopped and taken time to consider mm-hmm. like what's going on and and yeah. it's It can be such a beautiful process because a lot of people, when it's a more, instead of microdosing, it's more expanded space. We call that in space. That's the third in. And they have this peak experience that's amazing and wonderful. They're like, my life is never going to be the same. And they go from this container of this beautiful experience, or maybe they processed a lot and stuff. And then they go back into their life, back into their home, their job, their kids, all of that. And that's really where we love to step in as coaches and guides because integration is always happening. You mm-hmm. you you get in a car accident, you're integrating that car accident. Integration isn't optional, is kind of what our our um, you know mentors and coaches say. But how you integrate is, and when you have the right tools, you know, ther- therapists and your community and your family, friends, all of these people, we call them your life team, they can help you integrate in a positive way or a negative way. If you've had a bad day and you have that friend that you call to go to the bar to get drunk, like you're integrating your bad day, but is that getting you where you want to be? Right. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So as someone's going through your, your integration program, right. Mm -hmm. Or the using you as a coach or integration coach, they're learning these skills. And that's what I've learned as I'm going through different programs or using different mentors. Not only are they helping me with this one instance, but I'm doing this over and over and I'm learning how to do that on my own. Mm-hmm. And so I have a process too that I use and I do that myself. And I'll just write it out when I have something I'm struggling with, or someone I'm struggling with. Mm -hmm, (laughs) And mm -hmm. I'll write it out. And a lot of times I'm like, okay, and it's very similar to it. I think the one that you guys use very similar to that. And, And I'm like, Oh, good. I got this. I did that on my own. I worked through it. I'm feeling pretty good. Like that's not a problem anymore. And then sometimes I have things where I can't see my own brain, like I am spinning so much. And I'm like, I should be I have all the tools, I should be able to figure this out. But maybe it's your ego or something in your psyche, you block Mm -hmm. certain things from seeing yourself, which one one thing is great, where group coaching has been great. I like doing both like a group Mm -hmm. coaching for myself. And I like, being, having just a one-on-one mentor, right? So sometimes Mm -hmm. group coaching, someone else has a problem that's similar to yours. And you're like, duh, it's so obvious. And you can see it in them. And then you're like, oh, wait, I'm doing that same thing with this person. And it clicks finally. Mm -hmm. And, and sometimes when I've worked through it on paper and it's just not clicking, I go, and I have someone like you, where I'm like, I just need an hour, just give me one hour of your magic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And help me figure this thing out, because it is haunting me day and night. And I am, you know, I don't want to feel like this in my relationships or whatever. I don't want this kind of stress. And cortisol being released 24 seven, because I can't solve this problem on my own. And then one hour with someone who is in tune and aligned, and really experienced. Mm -hmm. One hour later, it's like, Oh, okay, they showed me these blind spots that I couldn't mm-hmm. see. So anyway, I'm just just thinking about all the benefits that people it's, would have. Yeah,
1: it's it's powerful and that's that's part of being psychedelic informed. It doesn't mean that that practitioner has done every substance and everything and they're completely healed. It's a consideration just like you we hear the word trauma informed all the time and how important that is. To be psychedelic informed, it, it's because part of the Condor approach, which we're Condor coaches, is what it's called, them developing this whole system and everything is they're wanting to train medical doctors, therapists, psychotherapists, health coaches, life coaches, all of these things. Because the more psychedelic informed people there are, it creates safe places. For people to be able to talk about these things, I can't tell you how many clients we've had that have had these experiences and they're seeing a therapist, but they're not comfortable telling their therapist that they just did this because, you know, legality and they, you know, maybe it's a family therapist or these different things. And that is heartbreaking to me because here they're having these huge epiphanies and this person they've been working with for a few years, they don't feel safe to share that with them. And right. so the more, as far as I see it, the more people who are informed on, you know, what to do, what not to do, what happens when all of those things, even though things are being legalized and next year, you know, MDMA assisted psychotherapy and psilocybin with PTSD, all these things are being legalized and that's amazing and wonderful, but the time it's going to take to get practitioners certified license to do that. It's still three, five, ten 10 years down the line. Meanwhile, there are all these people, people in your community, my community that are oh exploring gosh, all this because they're desperate. They're, mm-hmm. they're desperate or they've heard something or, and so this to me can be a stepping stone towards someone being able to sit with a licensed clinical therapist and do you know the whole protocol with that mm-hmm. um i just i think it's it, the more people that know like gatekeeping this information isn't going to help people heal and evolve and that's part of why i feel super passionate about this and even a lot of the tools like you were saying when you know with your journaling and the different coaches you've worked with and things like you utilize tools from so many different things and this is just another tool do we use everything that we've learned in this program? No, there's some things that don't apply to us or to our clients. But do we use most of it? And has it given us really simple language to convey different concepts about how to self-regulate? Absolutely. And talking about these things, like the Todd and Cole Whitty, who are our like mentors, teachers, and developed our program. They've been in this space for 20 years, and so through their own healing journeys and all of that. And so to be able to take what they've learned and condense it down, and then we can take it. It's just, it's such a beautiful, like symbiotic relationship.
0: I love it. That's so great. Yeah. Everything you just said. Perfect. (laughs) Have you ever told someone, I can't work with you after you've done the intake, like you're not ready or we need to do more coaching first or something?
1: Oh, absolutely. Part of what we teach is, is like how to find a facilitator and how to, what questions to ask, because as, as amazing as Darcy and I are, we can't work with everybody and even, you know, people that are coming back from doing ayahuasca or different things like that. And they're wanting support with integration and they're referred to us or, or things like that. And so what we can do even before those is, is educate about how to find a facilitator so you feel safe. And it's questions. It's questions like, you know, how long have you been a shaman, a facilitator? What type of substances? What type of people do you work with? What type of people don't you work with? And just those type of questions. And so when people go through our intake, and if there's something in me that as I'm reading through their intake that I have a big charge about, because maybe it's something that's not healed within me, I might refer that person out. If it's somebody who has a lot of either adverse experiences or trauma or things that I just know in my my body, in my mind, in my knowledge base that I'm not going to be equipped to deal with, it's not that I
0: or so, they may not even be equipped to deal with exactly, it this time. They might need exactly. a little more.
1: And it, and it might be more done. questions. Yes. It might be more like making sure what, does what their support system look like? Yeah. Because if you have somebody that is on a healing journey and they've done this and they've done that, and this is that next step, they likely, a lot of them have a therapist or they have a group they're working with or something like that. And so. Mm-hmm. I feel much more comfortable if depending on their confidence in that this is the next step, but it's just asking a lot of questions. It's asking questions. And that being said, some people, this is a lot, they've tried everything else. And this is their last, like, if this doesn't help me, nothing will. Me personally, I have people I would refer them out to. But the people that I would refer them out to worked with people in that space, you know, that are maybe experiencing like suicidal ideation or have different forms of mental health, like schizophrenia, things like that. I've not been in the space long enough to feel like I could necessarily offer them the best support. Yeah. But I have a ton of resources. So I don't feel like I'm abandoning them, you know?
0: Yeah, that, yeah. that's, that's, I was just talking with my interview yesterday. We were like... It's crazy because some of the people that need it the most are probably Mm -hmm. most at risk for adverse reactions, (laughs) right? The people who are like full-on alcoholic or they're, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, schizophrenia, or they have some of these really huge things in their life going on. And they may not, the reason why they have all these huge things in their life is they don't have the support to or part Mm -hmm. of that, right? That they can't get out of it is they may not. So that's really awesome too, to realize that you're, Humble enough and smart enough to just not be like, yep, we'll take your money and push you through and good luck mm-hmm. afterwards or whatever. Right. Have you seen a high rate of people becoming addicted? That's one question I've gotten several times. Like, I don't, if it's so great, I don't want to become addicted to it. So I mm-hmm. can't try it because I have an addictive personality. If I try it once, I'll just want to do it every single day.
1: You know, it, as far as high rate, I, I will definitely say no the actual like things that we've held space for and all of that you know in a legal capacity all of those things they're typically not addicted to like the substance per se but you will you will see people that do something that that we call journey hopping mm-hmm. and so it's like every weekend they're doing something and they're looking for the next thing the next thing mm-hmm. because they have this breakthrough experience and then they go back to their like less than ideal life and then they're like okay I guess I just need to do more more medicine more mushrooms more whatever and really what's missing for those people is integration. Mm. And so educating on that, on like, you know, if if you're going after all these peak experiences time and time again, and you're new to this space, you're more addicted to the experience. And it's usually because you're running away from something in your, like integrating it into your life and making the changes there. You know, there are going to be people that, anything can be abused, whether it's sugar, alcohol, marijuana, you know, right. um, shopping, exactly. working out,
0: you could exactly. work out for 10 hours a day. And...
1: <laughs> exactly. And so it's really, it's like, what are you doing with this newfound information? And, you know, yes. And it's also, it, it's kind of one of those things. If you're doing the work, it just, it's, it's less likely, you know, you're, you're, two steps forward, one step back. And so, you know, if you're making changes to like clean up your diet and fitness and those type of things, and you're using these um, power plants to help with that, that's beautiful. But it's not not to say that you're not going to have a thing where it's like you go back or where you're like, no, I just, I need to do this again. Like microdosing, a lot of people think you do that every single day, but if you're following a protocol, it's not an everyday thing. And usually you'll do 30 to 90 days. And then you take a break because you want to see like, okay, without this neuroplasticity and all of this going on, have I made those changes?
0: Yeah. Awesome. So with these things, have you helped people that are wanting to improve their business somehow? I know a lot of business owners are like, okay, I made this tons of money and I'm super stressed out here and I have left my relationships behind and now I want to connect with my relationships. I see that a lot. And have you seen business owners where they're actually like, okay, let's work on my business. Like I want to make more, work less, be more aligned, things like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, a lot of that is like the
1: work-life balance or it's the purpose. And so being able to Work with you know business like we're entrepreneurs. We have so, like so much of our network is entrepreneurs, and we realize that a lot of what is holding us back is the childhood trauma or is the limiting beliefs. And so being able to get really clear with somebody that maybe has this amazing idea or their business is great, but they want to take it to the next level, but they know they they know something's stopping them, but they don't know what it is. And sometimes it's burnout and things like that. And so being able to have an intention around that it, again, it's really powerful because we're just asking the right questions, we're offering considerations, things like that. We're not projecting things or inserting things or anything like that, but being trained how to ask the right questions to help them illuminate and come to their own conclusions of what's getting in their way. And then, really, a lot of it is the accountability and the integration afterward. Because if somebody's driven and they're business minded, you know, usually they come to a facilitator or just because they're like, okay, I can't figure this out on my own. I've, I've exhausted all these different things. And I know I want to get, I'm at point A, I know I want to get to point C, but I just, I, I keep going all these different directions. And so to be able to have that intention can be super powerful. Or if they put everything into their business and they've realized the trail of destruction they've left behind and they're recognizing that, but they're like, I, I don't know how to prioritize relationships over business. Because they've had their identity is so tied into their business, really helping, you know, using something that's more of like a heart opening, compassionate type of container can be really beautiful and transformative for them.
0: Ah, I love it. So perfect. We could, I could make you talk about that all day. (laughs) Would you like to tell us about either your most life changing experience or some of the things that why you're passionate about this or that they brought to better your life in this space? Or if you don't want to do that, we could talk about maybe some of the life changing things you've seen in your clients
1: or both. I think, I think there's a lot of intersection there because, you know, even though we are all like these unique bio-individual people, there's kind of a common thread that happens with transformation for some people. And, you know, I, I was one of those people, like when I've taken the self-assessment things and like the adverse childhood experiences, things like I, I, I score really low. I have a one on there and it's out of, I think 10 or 14. And because I, I, you know, grew up and both my parents are still married. I grew up with the mom who stayed home. I grew up where I, I, you know, was middle, middle, low class, but I didn't really realize it because I had... I just don't have a lot of capital T, big trauma. Like I've
0: never been. So one is good. This is like golf. Yeah. One just means
1: you haven't experienced a lot. Whereas like, let's say, you know, I was molested or assaulted or, you know, had abusive parents or stuff. Each one of those you're scheduling or you're scoring higher and higher. And it just gives you an idea. And there's a lot of statistics with it, with people who score, I think it's six or over Mm -hmm. or more likely to experience depression, anxiety in their life. There's just all these, it's data. Mm -hmm. And so you know, for me, it was just kind of like, okay, I've had this great life. I have two kids. I was married, you know, before and all these things, but I just wasn't happy. And there was this melancholiness about me or things where it's just, I just knew I wasn't living the life that was authentic to me. And a lot of that has to deal with religious trauma and growing up in Northern Utah and just all those different constructs of things and so I think for me with the biggest shift with with working with in these expanded spaces is peeling off the layers and recognizing that it's, oh, yes, I had a great childhood and there were things that maybe weren't healed through my mom that she passed on to me. And I see that in myself and how that negatively impacted me. And this is why I make... You know decisions that I do now, and so I'm able to like change my strategy around that. Instead of um, like I tend to when I, when I'm triggered by something with my kids, I have teenagers, so they're like pushing my buttons all the time. Um, I I used to kind of shut down and just kind of get busy cleaning and doing things as a way to like disassociate from my feelings. But now I can like sit with my feelings and express to them like, hey, when you said that, that hurt my feelings. And this is why, Mm -hmm. Um, not that you need to do anything about it, but just being able to talk more of like in the moment about like what's coming up for me instead of, you know, bottling it down and then talking about it in therapy next week or whatever it is. And so there's just a lot of real time shifts. Having been married before, I got married really young. I was 18 is such the Mormon story. And, you know, it was married, had kids really quickly, all of that stuff. It was in my thirties that I got divorced and, but realized that it's a lot of my programming around like sexuality and things like that were just, it was a shame space for me. Mm -hmm. And when I look back over the course of my life, so many decisions were made out of guilt and shame and, and the constructs of religion. And so to be able to shed those step more authentically into who I am here it is 10 years later and I'm in this amazing conscious relationship with the most amazing person ever. And it's just like I just feel I feel happier. And it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen in one journey. It's something that's taken a lot of work and integration and considerations and therapy and different things. But I don't I I know that I wouldn't be who I am now, where I am now, if it wasn't for these experiences. There's just I just can't even fathom. I can't even fathom like how I would have gotten to
0: this point mm-hmm. without that. I would really love to hear more about that shift. If you're open to it from Mormon married at 18, you were married for 10 years to a man. hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when, because now you're married to a woman. So like, when did you realize this? (laughs) When did Did all that shift? Yeah. Divorced. And then how, like, what happened inside of you? That whole, I'm imagining a debate between like Mm -hmm. your programming as you grew up and what's right and what's wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are you
1: uh, open to sharing? Oh yeah, totally. I love to you know, I was one of those, I was one of those kids that just like, I liked everybody. I had crushes on girls. I had crushes on guys, you know, all of that stuff I shared with a bishop when I was 14, maybe that I had a crush on this girl that was in our ward and stuff. And he was he, looking back now that conversation could have gone a totally like a really bad way, really good way, but he yeah. was so validating Oh wow. and he, there was no shame. There was no anything. It was basically like, you're a teenager, you have lots of hormones, all these things. Mm-hmm. It's really confusing. You know, you're going to be able to date in a couple years. And once you start dating, it's all just going to work itself out. So there was, I was never told, Oh, that's wrong or shameful or anything. Right. But also it was kind of a, Hey, just wait till you're 16, follow the path, you know, and and even getting married young, it wasn't, It wasn't that I was super active in the church still or anything, but you still have the constructs and the programming. And so I got married because heaven forbid you move in with your boyfriend,
0: you know? Right. And And actually get to know them a little. before. Yeah, exactly.
1: It's like, okay, but you know, yeah, we were childhood or we were high school sweethearts and it was, it was the next step. Right. And so it's just kind of like being a passenger in my life of like, okay, well, this is what's next. And then you have kids and stay home and do all of those things. But inside it's like you're you're living this life that you're just like I never questioned if I was supposed to because this is just what you do whether I wasn't even active in the church at that point but it was just like I don't want to disappoint my family and disappoint like this is I've gotten myself this far and you know once we we had been together married for about 10 11 years that it was just feeling really depressed and really just inauthentic and there were just things coming up and this is right when I was go like about to turn 30 Mm -hmm. And so I talked to him about it. We were in therapy and, and recognizing that it's just there was a lot of dysfunction in our relationship because we hadn't healed a lot of our childhood wounds and stuff. And in your twenties, you're supposed to get to know yourself. And here you are trying to like, get to know yourself parallel to someone else who has ideas about where their life is going in your life. And so and plus
0: add a bunch of kids to it. That's what we do. Right. Exactly.
1: exactly. <laughs> and so it's just, it's like, I just didn't even have time to think. And so I, after, you know, a friend that lived here with me, because by this point we had lived in Texas and she had kind of seen a lot of the dysfunction in my marriage and see that I have two little girls and it's just like, you know, I grew up with parents like yours and it, it's. She just shared her perspective on how hard that was and what that kind of what what she went through. And I'm just forever grateful for her kind of having the courage to have this conversation with me because it could have ruined our friendship. I could have been, you know, but it really let me open my eyes that it's like, hey,
0: there's another way. There's, you know. And so he's basically telling you you have a dysfunctional marriage. There's problems here. <laughs>
1: there's there's problems. We all see it. I don't think you think we can see it, but we see it and it's uncomfortable I, to that's be, tough
0: or, to yeah. Yeah. As was a friend, you know, yeah. you don't want to be the person that tells them yeah. those hard things, but it's yeah. also, I love my friends now because they they'll can say call me out on my stuff <laughs> and they, yeah. They, they, yeah. Can, they will, they'll just tell me things or that, like, you know, they're nice about it. They're not yeah. rude.
1: <laughs> well, and I, I think that was the first time that got me out of the constructs of what I was living and like, oh, I don't have to do this and I'm not, I'm not doing my kids a favor by staying together, because here my parents were still together and married, and I really valued that. And so it was, you know, shortly after we separated, and I kind of went back to Utah that summer to visit my family and just kind of fortify myself. And Darcy and I I'd known her since high school, but not really known her. She's just friends with family and stuff. And we reconnected and then became friends. But it was going through this healing journey. And I was in massage school at the time. So it was very self-focused. Like I could focus on myself. And I knew I wanted to date women again, just because I'd never really gave myself that chance as a teenager and, you know, young adult. And it was just kind of, it was just completely different. And like me, you know, like I... So many people, my daughter will be like, are you a lesbian? Are you gay? Like, what, how do you identify? And I'm like, I just like people, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in this relationship. Sometimes I forget that I'm married to a woman because we're just so fluid together and it's awesome. But it's once you have your person and you find it just makes sense why nothing else would
0: have worked, Mm -hmm. you know? So beautiful. I can't wait to have her on too and get us together. (laughs) That will be really fun. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so happy for you. And just, I love, I love hearing stories where people find themselves, honor their truth and are happy, you know, and Mm -hmm. doing, doing the things. It sounds like you've worked through a lot of, a lot of things. I appreciate your story too, about Mm -hmm. how, yeah. I don't know what to, how to say it, but
1: <laughs> it's been a journey. Like life is a journey. All of this is, and I can look back and wish I maybe would have made different choices sooner or whatever, but then I look back and I'm just like, it's this perfectly unbroken, whatever story of my life. And I just have so much gratitude for the lessons along the way. And, you know, even being where we are now on the cusp of, you know, this psychedelic revolution. And it's like, there, there are things to see that I'm just like, oh my gosh I can't believe these people are doing that that way but that's them even the people that we work with we we oddly enough attract a lot of people who are trying to heal from religious trauma or they've just left um you know their organized religion or what what have you and that ripples into working with their families working with their you know kids adult kids things like that because it, it's not you know you can work on you as one person but when you're part of this web, of people and experiences. And so being able to um Darcy and I are both people, people. And we we just we love people. And so being able to sit with somebody and their, you know, their 21 year old kid and have help them and support them to share you know, apologize for things or share different epiphanies or stuff and be able to hold space for that has been like one of the biggest honors that we could have because we're like, I can't believe we get to do this. Like, Mm. this is so cool.
0: (laughs) So cool. That brought up two more things I wanted to ask you. I wanted to ask you if you have read or, um, her, I've been hearing stories about teenagers. Maybe I'll save that one for a second though. And then first, just like in, in these relationships, and maybe even men specifically learning how to open up emotionally and become more emotionally available to their partner or their kids mm-hmm. um, with these different master molecules or different things. Have you seen, I mean, some transformations, or how have you seen that yes. come into play? I, so both,
1: both Darcy and I, we love, love, love working with couples. Like that, that tends to be like, if you want to call it a niche, like what, what lights us up. Mm-hmm. Um, And most of them are heterosexual couples. And inevitably <laughs> I end up holding space and working with the husband men more and Darcy is with the women. And we don't know why this happens and there's a flow yeah. to it. Um, But to be able to hold space and listen to these stories and it's beautiful to watch Ben because we've created this safe space and they've created a safe space sometimes for the first time to be able to express like fears or express like hurts that they've had or um, a lot of stuff comes up with childhood with their mother or things like that and so that they can actually like fully For sometimes the first time, say things out loud, cry about it, process about it, laugh about it, and not feel judged, not feel like they have to do anything about it. I think that's a big thing. Is a lot of men that we've worked with through integration, they're so focused on this, like, okay, I got to find the problem, fix the problem, do the thing, and recognizing that sometimes there's not anything you need to do. Sometimes you just need to be witnessed in it and have compassion and empathy, and like to have. To support a couple where she's sometimes hearing for the first time things come up that she has no idea and to see her nurturing, loving side come out and being able to embrace that and hold space for that and not see him as any less of a man, any less of a father, any of that is just, it's beautiful. And then for this one client, I'm thinking in particular, him being able to have conversations with his son because he doesn't want his son to repeat the same things and like model what he modeled for him his whole life. And already to see at like 20, the changes that this kid is making is just mind blowing to me.
0: So cool. Those are some of the outcomes, I guess, that I Mm -hmm. really just, you see these huge life changing things Mm -hmm. and it can be as big as someone not committing suicide, right. Or, Mm -hmm even just sometimes these, they seem small, just connecting Mm -hmm. with a child or being able to open up and be emotional or connect with your partner. But how huge is that to just be able to love and feel loved from somebody or from your partner and feel Mm -hmm. like it's okay. I told them those things and they still love me and Mm -hmm. they love all, like I I told them all those things (laughs) when I was in this open state or whatever.
1: It creates intimacy. And I think a lot of people see intimacy as just sex and sexual, but intimacy is really like, it's, I'm letting you see inside of me, like into me, you see, like I'm letting you see that. And a lot of people haven't felt safe in that. Like we we work through a concept called the three points of ease, E-A-S-E, because you're either in ease and feeling easy and free in your life, or you're in a state of dis ease and it's something that's just un you know disharmony or disharmonious within you. And the three points of ease are safety, connection, and fulfillment. And if you don't have those, then you're holding back something you're not able to connect. And so establishing physical safety, emotional safety, connection. Some people connection is like, I need you to sit next to me while we talk about this. Some people, I need you to make eye contact me with me while we talk so I can connect with you. And then those two things can lead to fulfilling relationships, fulfilling careers, fulfillment within yourself of like, I'm good. I'm just, I'm good with myself. And bringing that simple concept of the three points of ease sometimes explaining that to someone, you know, a a man is just like, I've never felt safe in my emotions ever. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's work on that.
0: Yeah. So huge guys. Okay. We're giving you this tip on women (laughs) (laughs) and being able to be there open and emotionally vulnerable. And Mm -hmm. of course that, that you just have to, if the woman isn't there holding that space Mm -hmm. and right, that a Mm -hmm. woman could just crush that down. Brené Brown talks Mm -hmm. about this too. They they open up for once and are vulnerable and then the woman, you know, flips out or or kind of crushes it in some way Mm -hmm. instead of holding that space for them. But Mm -hmm. when you're able to do that, and I guess I'll just speak for myself, but how much more sex do I want to have when I feel emotionally yes. connected with someone? Right.
1: When Can I that comes up so much with couples. And when we explain that concept to men there, I'm just like, if your wife is feeling safe, connected and fulfilled, do you think she's going to want to get down with you? And he's like, Oh my gosh, I've never thought about that
0: before. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. sometimes there's things like physically in the body, oh, totally. but I think yeah. a lot of the time it's that you're not feeling connected. You're not feeling mm-hmm. maybe safe or yeah, fulfilled those, those things you, you got it. You, uh, yep. there's something to, you know, there's a reason why you teach that. But um, then you're like, yeah, you just want to be closer. You just want to oh. be closer with them all the time. So that's in, an incredible gift to give people this fulfillment mm-hmm. in their relationships too. There's oh so much we think we want, I don't know, all the money and all the trips and all these things. But really, when you have that and that of course that plays a role into it right mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. you especially for men they want to make sure they're taking care of their people mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're supporting them and so they can put a big emphasis or role on the their business right yeah. And when they're able to, whatever you got to do, get the coaching, get get so, yeah. somebody, something to help you to be able to have that connection and fulfillment in mm-hmm. their relationships. Amazing. Like That's how it's all about. That's what it's all about. It's it's all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And joyful <laughs> and fulfilled. And yeah. And, and also that I think maybe maybe this is more so with men, but probably with everybody, obviously with everybody, just that, that connection and fulfillment, you talked, touched on it a little bit Mm -hmm. with yourself and who Mm -hmm. am I even? Yeah. I think that's part of what my faith journey did for me. It was like, oh, wait, so if this isn't how I have to be, Mm -hmm. then who am I? What am I? What really, you know, looking into myself and finding that, trying to find my authentic, uncover my authentic self and give myself permission to be that. Mm -hmm. And it's. I think I was always waiting for my husband to give me permission to be my authentic self or other people to give me permission to be my authentic self. And then when I was able to just be my authentic self. Mm -hmm. There was no, no way to even not. I mean, after my first journey, I was just, it was like 60 days and they probably would have like committed me. I was just like, (laughs) what's happening? And I'm here and I'm riding a bike and it's a miracle. And I'm here with my children Mm -hmm. and their hearts. And I was just in it, like present in that Mm -hmm. moment and living so joyfully and just hugging random people on the street and, you know, wanted to just tell everyone how amazing this gift of life is. Mm-hmm. And the more I tap into that, I think that's part of this podcast is like, how do we keep this alive? How do we make this peak experience or these things mm-hmm. I've opened up and I've seen a window of like, that's who I truly am. I'm mm-hmm. love just rating it out to everybody. And I don't have to worry about if they think I'm crazy or not. Cause some of them do. And some of them, I allow them to be themselves. And I'm like, whoa, look who's showing up. This husband's different. He's a totally different person. Once I was just me and and he knew he was safe being him with me. Right. But part of this journey and these interviews, seriously, I'm so excited to edit this because I'll get to like, it's like a class I get to take three times, (laughs) like a connection with you. I get to go over and over and Mm -hmm. I come out of like, you know, all the hours of editing. And I'm like, Oh, I'm sure Darcy has no idea. But I just feel even closer with her. Like I just spent 10 more hours with her. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so it's so fun to get all these nuggets and figure out like, how do I keep that? How do I keep Mm. and or you'll go to a retreat, right? Mm. I have I've gone to a retreat. And after I'm just like on cloud nine, and I feel like I'm just being my authentic self. And it feels so good. And I'm all aligned. And I'm just like on point with my business and with my relationships. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that starts to fade a little bit after a retreat. So, so with the integration and all these tools, how we can keep that alive and and make it more our baseline of being yes. our authentic self. Cause we've, I mean, it, We've hidden it so much and buried it a little bit that it's not like one retreat or one journey, and all of a sudden Mm. you're your authentic self, and you're never going to have any insecurity. Fully integrated, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) right. And so, being able to integrate that into and and I mean, what does even the word integrate mean, right? That's kind of just this nebulous buzzword. But being, for me, I guess it's like being. Fully me, who I want to be, mm-hmm. that authentic self. And you get to choose that too. And yes. sometimes it just comes out, right? It's partially your personality, but you get to choose how you want to live and if you mm-hmm. want to be the person that goes and hugs random strangers or not. That's totally up to you. <laughs> you yeah. get to choose. But well, um,
1: yeah. When you Go. have that that journey, that experience, you know, and you you've for a lot of women, it's the first time, well, I should say a lot of mothers, but women mothers, it's the first time that you have connected with yourself. Mm. And, and felt free in yourself. And then sometimes that can be a shame space after, because you realize like, oh, this I've been living, not myself. And I've been, I've been connected to all these people and all these things. And so now, and it's like, okay, I like this. And I feel like I can be a better mother, a better wife, a better friend you know, integration, like if you think of like a Mm sandcastle, a sandcastle is integrated sand into a full structure thing, but it can also disintegrate back into sand, back into different things. And I think there's this expansion and contraction that is always happening with us as these individuals. There's times when we're in expansion, whether it's in psychedelic space, a cacao ceremony can be one of the most transformative expansive spaces. And then you're trying to integrate this expansion back in your life. But sometimes you go in and something happens and you go like your your expansion goes all the way in full contraction. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we stay in that contraction. And so to be able to be like, no, I want to expand and contract, but not contract so hard in that it's like there's no room for anything to get in. And so I want to be able to expand and have these experiences and contract. And it becomes like the breath of the universe where it's like, oh, okay, beautiful. I'm breathing and I'm in and I'm out and recognizing that we're always going to be integrating. We're always going to be learning. There's always going to be something to heal. And Mm. what a beautiful thing that is, because for me, I'm like, how boring would life be if I had every need met, every relationship was exactly, you know, there's no, there's no uncertainty there. There's no spontaneity and excitement. And so to be able to go through the different changes that like your kids do as they grow up from, you know, babies to toddlers to teenagers and you know I have an 18 year old who's moving out and moving in and and holding space for that and I'm able to witness that and hold space for that in such a more fortified way because I'm more secure in who I am that I can show up authentically for the people who I love and care about because I've taken the time to heal the parts of me Mm -hmm. that were maybe triggered by them and triggered by different things to me that's integration that is like taking the different parts of my life, like that, like the sand on the beach, and I'm integrating it into this structure. And yes, a big wave can come and like crash some of that away sometimes. But then I get to rebuild and I get to take the parts that hey, I really liked the way that this feels, So I'm going to keep that and like shed the things that aren't serving me. If that's my life's work and to support people in doing that, and support other people who are like, yes, like, I want to do this. I want to help people in this way. Like, That's part of us being master coaches and doing this is because we want to help train a thousand psychedelic informed practitioners in the next two to to five years. And a lot of that is coming on podcasts like this and sharing our story and what we're doing. It's not perfect. We haven't followed some guidebook along the way to get to where we are today. But now that there's more tools available, being able to share those with people is like we can just, that ripple effect out can be even broader because people like Tom Cole and you, and um, they're just willing to do things to put like the framework out there so that people can hear the call and help and support if if that's what resonates with them.
0: Right. And I really stress that, like even doing any of these things um, doesn't have to be for everybody. I think part of my purpose is just to get, education and Mm -hmm. help people be informed on what what this really is and the possibilities but also the risks Mm -hmm. and so that they can just be make an informed decision it feels like we've been a little bit you know childlike protected like you can't ride a bike yet you could fall and you could get hurt so we're just going to take your bike away I I don't know how why that feels like it to me a little bit Mm -hmm. as a society like no we're just going to call it bad you could get hit by a car. There's so many things that could happen. You can't ride this bike, you know? Mm-hmm. And now it's just like, oh, but there are some things that are great about bikes. So let I want to tell people that, but there, yeah, there's some, let's be careful and let's wear helmets and let's not ride in the middle of the road and, yeah. you know, in the dark or whatever that is. So, um, okay, man, lots of things, but first tell us, you kind of wrapped it up really well, right there, too. <laughs> Tell us, um, just how they can find you. And oh, yeah, yeah. So, I think for me, a lot of my intention
1: was coming on this podcast with you. Like, one, I just love podcasts, I love talking about all of this stuff. I am not the personality type that will ever start my own podcast because I just, I just. That's just not my personality, um, but it, it is part of spreading the message about becoming trauma or trauma-informed, psychedelic-informed. There's trauma-informed within the psychedelic-informed. It's all together and really believing in the condor approach that we're a part of because, like I said earlier, like, I, I can't help everybody. Darcy can't help everybody, and we have so many people that are curious about this field. They're Maybe they're a life coach or a health coach or... You know, they've just been holding space for their friends and family, and they find themselves in that role. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "How can I make a business out of this? How can I like do this safely? How can I do this um, legally? Mm-hmm. All of that type of stuff." And so, the the Condor approach is it's a five day in person like training. It it really is like being in a journey for those five days because they're long days. You're in this container with these people. There's no psychedelics involved. There's no mind altering substances involved. But the next training that's coming up in Austin is February 7th through the 11th. And so that's one. But because um, Cole, who's one of the co-creators of this, she actually grew up in Spanish Fork, Utah, grew up Mormon. So that was part of why her story really resonated with Darcy and I. And so we're actually doing a training in Salt Lake City in March. So it'll be March 28th through April 1st. And so I, you know, I can, in your show notes and stuff, I can give you the different websites and stuff. There's like informational calls on Thursday nights of people. So if, if you're hearing that call where you're like, I want to support people in this way, even support pe- people with integration after like a ketamine clinic experience, after a hape ceremony, cacao, people that are going to ayahuasca, you don't have to serve medicine. You don't have to hold space For people like, if you're just wanting to learn these tools and this journaling process and all of that, like, and you're curious about it, consider going to one of these trainings because I have been through so many live events, so many coaching things, mentors, all these things. This training is like, it's like my entire life got flipped upside down, and I was able to shed a lot of stuff, change a lot of stuff. And it's just, it's been one of the most transformative experiences for me personally, it's fortified my relationship. And just the cool part of it too, is like, there's business training in it. So it's, Mm -hmm. it teaches about safety and psychedelics and considerations and all of those things. But a big chunk of it is like, how you can do this as a sustaining business, because there's this saying of like, you can't be a lighthouse if you can't keep the light on. Mm-hmm. And there's such a um, a stigma around healers, like healers and helpers charging for what they do, if it's energy work or body work. And so you have all these people with these big, huge hearts that want to help everybody, but they can barely pay their bills. And if they get sick, they're not making money. And so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Cole is this mastermind of how to turn this into a business that is functional, that supports you, because they've done all these teachers and trainings and stuff with business coaches. And she shares that with us. And so you'll meet people that are similar, like-minded. You'll meet people. it, It just, it is Such a beautiful thing. Darcy and I will be at both of the trainings. And so it's so fun to connect with people that way. Since we're from Utah, and we have that like she Darcy has a background. She's a master's licensed clinical social worker, wanted to be a mental health therapist, I'll let her share that whole story. But to be able to bring this and be a part of the movement to bring this back to our community and where we grew up, it just it gives me goosebumps because it's like I had no idea that's where this was going. So exciting!
0: Yeah, you're talking me into it. That's awesome. That sounds so great.
1: You will never be the same. It's amazing. But the website for the Utah training is just utahcondors.com and it has a lot of information, videos, and things. And then Darcy and I, we more have like a landing page and it's just Mm -hmm. mindbodyflow.info and it has a lot of links to the different trainings, different, you know, things that we do, our calendly, like how to work with us. And so if people do have questions about like what what the training's like or anything, like I would love to talk to people you know, if you have a current business model or something that you're doing that you're like, Ooh, would this work with that? Like, I'm all about like casting that wider net and getting more people that know this program, this terminology, and that are able to just help more and more people. So I'm, I love connecting
0: with people. Awesome. So, so nice. Is there something else you, you were pretty excited about that stuff, but like, what are you most excited about right now? It could be something in your life or your kids or whatever, too. It doesn't have to be yeah. business-wise, but
1: I think for me, it's like when I when I look at the last 18 months of my life, and it's honestly since Kata and Cole came into our life and we went to this first training type thing. You know, my we've moved, our business has moved, our family situation has changed. Like every every big key area in my life has up-leveled and it's been a journey. It's been sometimes felt like a dark night of the soul we're going to go through these things anyway. And so to be able to have tools to do them has been really, really cool. And so for me, the exciting thing is helping more people with integration. Like that's that's the next big thing that I get excited about is working in, you talked about like individual coaching, group coaching. I love working with groups. I love working where, whether it's a men's group or a women's group or, you know, on Zoom and stuff like that, people that are going through their own process through, you know, whether it's microdosing or um, one of our cohorts, he holds cacao ceremonies. And to watch the people integrate through that and just the epiphanies that they're having is so cool. It's just cool. And so if, I think for me, being able to create those different programs and like the groups together and get the people, like the right people that all kind of vibe together. And, you know, on, on our calls, we teach the concepts for the first 15 minutes and then the rest of the call or the, or the circle is people sharing what's happened over the last week from their journals and stuff. And just to get to see and witness that and help them with different strategies that help other people. I think that's just what I'm the most excited about because I get to take the embodiment of the work that I've done on myself and in my relationships. And it gives that a little bit more meaning because I'm able to ripple that out to other people and just see the aha moments and and those type of things because I'm not doing the work for them. I'm just it's it's being able to share your lens a little bit and them take it and run with it, you know, how they how they see fit. And so that's one aspect of it. And then Darcy and I both really want to Work with other massage therapists, body workers to help them be um, psychedelic informed because there is such a huge component of mind body connection. And this could be a whole episode that we record and really help get psychedelic informed body workers like specific training for us because it has shifted so many of my clients' physical pain to understand what the emotional, somatic like correlation to that is. Yeah. So, I'm excited to dive into those.
0: That sounds awesome. Yeah. Okay, we'll write that down on a next episode topic. Yeah. <laughs> and then we are also talking about next time we could talk about what it's like to be in the process of Yes. Yeah. yeah. Were you talking in the process of actual mind altering or actual substances or in the process of integration when you mentioned it earlier? Which for you? I think
1: it can be I think it can be all of it. Like it it's again, like everybody's so excited about these substances, Mm -hmm. but the real changes happen after the real, the, the it's, yeah, it's almost like you've been given like the key to whatever problem or the solution to a problem, but you still have to apply it in your life. And so, you know, it is, it is a process and really helping people get clear on intention and clear on things so that they can, you know, just uncover the answers that they're looking for, or that is going to help them with things. And, yeah,
0: that's, that's going to be exciting to talk about. Awesome. Okay. And then in your program, so you were talking about, maybe you have like a group program that you do Mm -hmm. weekly, monthly, weekly calls, something like that Mm -hmm. with, and then they have kind of homework or integration journal that they do on the side? How, I mean, how does that look? I guess I'm trying to. So
1: people that want to work with us that like don't live in Austin, Texas or around Austin, Texas, the easiest way is through one of our small group coaching programs. And when I say small, it's like five to six people. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, like a a mini group type thing. Cause sometimes when it gets, when you get into shares and people processing stuff, like a zoom call can be five hours if you don't, if you're not. Yeah. Or
0: people would just not get a chance
1: to share. Exactly. And so creating intimacy in these support groups of people that their intentions can be completely different, but they're all following the journaling process. And most containers that we like to hold are, are 90 days, they're three months. Mm-hmm. And so the first two weeks, and in, in some people are microdosing, some people aren't, that's completely up to them and where they live and all of that type of stuff. But they're all following these journaling prompts, and you're doing sovereignty scores and stress scores and different things. And at the end of the week, you kind of Summarize the week, and that's what you're bringing to these calls. Is like, what was your biggest takeaway from this week? What do you need support with? Because sometimes, if somebody's trying to work out three days a week, they just need somebody else that will text them on Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. and say, like, Hey, send me a sweaty workout picture or whatever. And that's like the one thing that's been keeping them is they haven't had accountability. But you get to see people show up for each other and create cool, just just better relationships. But they're all on this similar journey of of self healing and empowerment and all of those things. And so we meet biweekly with us as the coaches. And then on the off weeks, they're able to, you know, the five or six people meet together if they do want to, because some people, but everybody has everybody's phone numbers and stuff like that. And then at the end of the 90 days, and so you're, you're doing this every other week for 90 days. And on those calls with us, we're teaching you the concepts, like the three points of ease. We're teaching you how to run a state assessment on yourself. That way you can apply these in your everyday life. And when you get into a sticky situation, we have a signal channel and stuff where people can message. And usually after the 90 days, some people they're doing this in prep to go, you know, do a deeper journey somewhere, or they want to take a break and maybe come back another 90 days, or they've just, they have the tools and everything they need that they're like, okay, I'm good. Like, I'm just going to go live my life and I'll hit you guys up again if I need to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like that often. I'm like, yes. I'm great, yes. I'm good, you know. And then maybe three months or six months later, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm ready for more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I I need a little something. Maybe it's yeah, a retreat and then some integration or maybe whatever yes. that is, I'm ready for a little little something else. And because, yeah. you know, life changes. And you're like, I got this figured out. I'm doing yes. good. And yes. I feel great. And then, you know, well, and it,
1: you don't want to create like codependency with with people that you're working with. And I, I tell Darcy this all the time, whether it's with body work or, or integration work, it's like, our goal is to have people not need us. I don't want mm-hmm. people to need to come and see me for body work every week, every other week, I want to mm-hmm. be able to to help them integrate what I'm doing into their life. And so then it's kind of sad because you build these deep connections with people and then you don't see them as much anymore because their issue has been resolved. And it's the same with integration of mm-hmm. being that foundation that they know they can come back to us. And it's the same with our mentors. Like we don't talk to them all the time anymore. And when something does come up that we can't figure out the strategy, we can't figure out who, you know, we've gone to these other people then it's like, okay, we need to get on a call with them. And usually they have, you know, the answer or they have something that I'm just like, right. I did not consider that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so amazing. Mm-hmm. it's it's has to be like designed that way. So we yes. actually, we do kind of get some autonomy, but we still need people. We still yes. need those relationships oh, yeah. and we still need help from other people sometimes, even wherever is as high the highest level people right Mm -hmm. that are seem like they got it all figured out they still have their own coaches and their own oh totally people that help them out they probably yeah do a great job of it but okay well I think we're man we did a great job we covered a lot and that was awesome (laughs) I am so yeah I love it seriously I don't know when I'm gonna I just, I get off of these calls and I'm like, that was incredible. That was the best interview ever. And I love them. And I, I just gives me more energy in my life. I can go clean the kitchen now and do the dishes. I love (laughs) it. it. I love that buzz. (laughs) Those lame things, right? Thanks for the dopamine hit, right? You're very welcome. Um, It was a big one, but Okay. Yeah, we'll wrap it up and we'll put the link in the show notes. But thank you so much for coming. And I really appreciate it. Can't wait to, man, see you in person sometime. Maybe we'll meet up at a taco condor approach thing. That would be
1: incredible. Or I'll be in Southern Utah again. And even just thank you for you know, us, our brief little meeting, I don't even remember where it was or how I just know I met you through Trish mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Some, somewhere, some red mountain. I love Southern Utah (laughs) so much. And even that trip for me this summer was such a healing, a healing time in my life. And I just love that, you know, it made an impact on you for us to meet and talk and you reach back out to me. And so I just, I really have so much gratitude for what you're doing and wanting to like it's kind of like open the door a little bit more into what all of this can do because of the experiences you've had or you've seen and heard about and to kind of condense those all and create something that someone can that's curious about it or is scared about it or just Is feeling that pull, but has a lot of questions. Like for you to create this for them is just such a gift. And I am just grateful that I get to be a part of it. So thank you.
0: I know. I'm glad the universe brought us together. And I hope (laughs) I'll get a hike with you when you come to St. George. That would be fun. Yes, please. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks so much. Thanks so much for subscribing and leaving a review. Come join our amazing free community, Life Changing Trips. There's a link in the description. Please read our full disclaimer or listen to it. But for now, just note that all content is for informational, entertainment, educational, and harm reduction purposes only. Life-changing trips in Harmony Williams and their affiliates and guests are not doctors or mental health professionals or legal advisors. Any information shared is not meant to treat, diagnose, or claim cures for any physical conditions or mental illness. Psychedelics and sacred plant medicines are not for everyone, even when done legally. There are serious contraindications with various health conditions and pharmaceutical medications. Please do your own research and take action to be informed. Remember that you are 100% responsible for your actions and subsequent consequences. The views of the guests are not the views and opinions of life-changing trips.